follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I am Shad here with Matt and Brad. Fellas, how you doing? How's it going, guys? I'm doing good. Excellent. I'm glad to hear it. We have uh, we we just came out of our big Mega Powers retrospective, and so we're gonna we're gonna switch it up a little bit. We're gonna change it up. We are gonna be talking on. Well, I mean, this is still a wrestling podcast. We're gonna be talking about that, but. We are instead going to be coming at this from a very different angle. But first, a couple things we need to do. If if you're like me, and the apparel that you see on the shop zone just turns your stomach, the idea of wearing some of the stuff they have on the shop zone in public, I guess it's not shop zone anymore, is it? It's... Um, the, the idea of what they have on the WWE shop turns my stomach at the idea of wearing it in public sometimes. Did you look at uh, that King Taven shirt I sent you today? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that awful? That's that's bad. That's really it was, bad. Uh, it was very bad. It's, it's, it's bad, okay? But I'm going to say that if you want good... Yeah. Uh, King Taven shirt's bad, okay? You shouldn't. You shouldn't buy a King Taven shirts. You shouldn't wear that shirt, okay? You shouldn't buy it. Um, okay, Mr. Wa- Mackey. <laughs> if you want good wrestling attire, hit up Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. The stuff's printed on excellent material. It's very well done. They have a big variety of designs. You know, I know Matt goes for the high risk. Brad goes for the kings. I go for the. Uh, I go for the logos. It's it's good. The guys that run it are good people. And if you want to order from them, and uh, you want to order from them, use the promo code Four Corners Podcast. That's the number four, capital C and corners, capital P and podcast with no spaces. You'll get ten percent off your order, and you're going to be more comfortable because collar and elbow shirts don't itch like WWE shirts do, and you're going to look more stylish because just they're really they're. They're good-looking shirts across the board. Can't endorse them enough. I have to say my King of Wrestling one is an absolute magnet for anything I'm eating to end up on it, and it makes me sad. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be something messy. I'll look down and I'll just be like, God damn it. And I also have to say I'm horrified because now I'm thinking about Mr. Mackey and Miss Chokes on Dick having sex, which is just god-awful. Well... I'm going to try and steer us back away from that. Um, yeah. So, in the uh, in the idea of, of looking at um, 
something else. Matt, please say something clever about our shout out. <laughs> that would be to Epico Cologne. How about this for a segue? Epico, I hear, is quite good at video games. Mm-hmm. Listen to this fella. Quite Matt good at Simmons. the. At the He's good at the vidya, as uh, <laughs> as uh, 4chan would say, like, ten years ago. <laughs> People still say that like it's clever, and I'm like, welcome to 2009. Yeah. Well. Anyway, yeah, we're going to be talking about some, uh, some vidya gaming and some... <laughs> and, uh, you know, how we get into it. What our... What our um, what our introduction was, I believe, Brad, you, you kind of had a spot where you wanted us to start from here. Is that right? Yeah, uh, because I think um, I think with any show, it is important to for the host to kind of lay down their history and where they started from. I thought it would be a good idea for us to kind of talk about our earliest memory of video games, maybe how we got into video games, our first system, like maybe the first game we remember playing, that sort of stuff. Okay. And I'll start since I brought it up. So I guess um, my earliest memories are playing Pac-Man and Space Invaders on my dad's Atari 2600. Mm-hmm. And um, also trying to play this game called Dragster, which I still blow the engine up almost constantly to this day. <laughs> I don't think... Do you know which game I'm talking about? No, I don't, but it's so still... It's, it's this like up. little game and you like rev the engine and if you do it like over a certain point the car just explodes <laughs> and even as an adult like i can get the car to move now but i'll still sit there and do it and my dad will just laugh his ass off at my <laughs> sucking at it yeah um mine is yeah uh my dad had an atari 2600 and there is a story about um, that my mom told me that dad would uh, dad would watch uh, or dad would play Space Invaders deep into the night, and uh, there were some given the nature of his work, some people he had to work with. He would assign them names uh, of of some of the, the the Space Invaders coming at him. To incentivize get landing his shots, but the one that the first one I remember was there was a it was a Sesame Street Atari game, and you got this big blue controller that you plugged into the port that had a bunch of different buttons on it. Oh, I remember And the different this. games the different games had these different plastic sheets that went on the controller. Was this the Big to, Bird game? Yes, yeah. this is that's the one that I remember. And my mom would get so frustrated because I would sit there and play it. But what I would do, because Big Bird was supposed to move back and forth and catch the eggs as they fell. And I would position Big Bird right under it. And then I would move him out of the way so the egg would hit the ground because the sound of the egg hitting the ground made me laugh. And she would get frustrated with me because she could tell. She knew. She could tell I knew I was supposed to catch them. And yet I got so much laughter out of letting them hit the ground because of the noise that she was kind of frustrated and confused. You know, I had that game, but I don't think we ever had the proper controller, so I was never able to play it. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I, 
I played that a lot as a wee child. Was it was it like its own controller, or was it the one like you know like the keypad one where you'd put like the overlays on it? It was this big blue one that had like four or five buttons on okay, it. I don't think I ever had that one. Yeah, Matt, what about you? Uh, I'll give you three examples. Uh, my first experiences with video games in general. Um, one, my my neighbor growing up, his uh, his grandson had an, an Atari, um, and he would bring it over occasionally. And that's when I first like saw it. He wouldn't like let me play it, <laughs> but I could watch him play it. Um, so that was kind of my first experience with that. And then the other two experiences, one, uh, Chuck E. Cheese. They would always oh, have like arcade yeah. games. Um, and I became <laughs> obsessed with, with uh, I don't know if you ever got a chance to play this, but the Star Wars arcade game. The, the vector graphics one? Yeah, I was like, you basically you're doing the trench run. <laughs> you know what uh, actually Death Star. I don't know what it was called in DC, but here at the time it wasn't Chuck E. Cheese. Like he was a character in it, but I believe it was called Pizza Time Theater. Oh, I don't know. I remember there was a different name. Do you remember? Do you remember? Um, it wasn't Chuck E. Cheese. I think it was called Showbiz Pizza, and it had like yes, chili bears. That's yes, I, yes, Showbiz Pizza. I do remember that. I never got to go there. I only went to Chuck E. Cheese once as a kid. And we walked in and looked through. We were there for about five minutes before my brother and I went to my parents and went, let's go somewhere else because we just didn't like it. Uh, they didn't have that. They only had electric. Uh, they, they aren't, sorry, they only had um, they only had Chuck E. Cheese where I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was Chuck E. Cheese and his like animatronic people. But I, I became obsessed with the um, that Star Wars game. Uh, yeah. And then the third, the third one was... Uh, my mom would occasionally take me to Pizza Hut because uh, they did and still do have like the individual personal pan pizzas. Yeah, which as a kid was like like a lot of food for, you, for yourself because you just you got gonna, your like, own pizza too. Well, yeah, you got your own did pizza. You, did you guys have Book It? Mm. Yes, and yes. you would get a free personal pan every month if you read like so many books or pages. Yep, I yeah, got a they, lot of free pizza out of that. So yep. I, I would always like whenever they they offered that like during the summer, and I would just like plow through books, and I would I got uh, quite a few uh, coupons myself. But in the Pizza Hut that we would go to, they had, I think I don't know if they still have it, but do you guys remember they used to have a tabletop? Oh, the the bar one for like uh, usually either was Pac Miss- Man. Well, it was either Centipede or Miss Pac Man. Usually had like the uh, the tabletop or Galaga. So t- that that was the one. So mine had like uh, it had Miss Pac Man and it had Galaga, and I would pl- I would beg my mom for quarters every time we would go, yeah. and I would play Galaga and yep. die like immediately. But oh yeah, um, I would play it. Um, can I do a, a sidebar since you threw out Showbiz Pizza? Yeah, uh, this is like going back ten something years. But if anyone ever remembers like MGMT. Their song "Electric Field," the music video for that, had the animatronic band from Showbiz Pizza, the Rock of Fire Explosion. Yes, that there's a documentary about it too. I think. Oh really? Well, you should. A, uh, there's people that actually like have gotten a hold of them and the um, the Chucky. Remember, 
I don't know what your Chuck E. Cheese is like, but they used to have like giant like animatronics. It wasn't their whole body, and they were like on a stage, and you'd like eat pizza, and they'd like do like a show and like sing songs and like talk to each other. They absolutely did that at the Chuck E. Cheese I was at. And, yeah, um, it was always bizarre. And um, <laughs> people collect those because I guess they're they're still around, but you can get like the tapes that they'd run off and stuff. It's it's it was interesting. The 80s oh, that's that's creepy because that's like a that's like a full size Teddy Ruxpin kind of thing going on. Well, they, they were bigger than uh, that. They 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 were like I mean I was guess I was small at the time, but they were pretty big. Yeah, that's like a Five Nights at Freddy's thing. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Oh, true! Like true story. My wife, um, as a kid, was like obsessed with Teddy Ruxpin, apparently. Okay. And she never had. Um, but as a as like an anniversary, one I got her a Teddy Ruxpin off eBay. They have it. And it's a it's kind of like years ago, actually. Just, yeah, but he's almost like digital now he has like light up eyes and stuff oh, like that i like the old school like animatronic teddy um so and tell we ha- me we have I, one yeah and have when, you stuck a slayer cassette into that yet oh that'd be hilarious he <laughs> actually works he, he's a working model so uh, yeah um, what's funny but when about we, that is my hmm? my wife and i have a similar story so we both had teddy ruxman's but my hmm. wife was pissed when we first got together because i was like what well, did you have grubby and she's like what are you talking about and I'm like, they oh, made the it. worm one. Yeah, I'm like, they made yeah. Grubby, and like you, they had a cable, and if you connected them, they would both tell parts of the story and talk to each other. And she's like, motherfucker, my parents never bought us that. <laughs> they bought me and my brother both a Teddy Ruxpin. We could have had a goddamn Grubby. And she's been <laughs> mad about that for ten years now. That's funny. I will say oh this. Oh my god. I will say this. When I bought the Teddy Ruxpin before I gave it to her, it was like kind of hanging out in my apartment. Um, and I would look at it occasionally because I, I mean, I didn't have it for like weeks, but I had it for like a few days before I was giving it to her. And I would occasionally like look over at him and I'd be like, if this doll just starts talking to me, <laughs> I'm going to go throw it out the window. Like I'm not having like an Annabelle situation <laughs> where yeah, something's going right. to haunt me. Yeah. 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 That's, that's. <clears throat> the the very I think the very first um, Halloween nostalgia critic special was about Teddy Ruxpin coming to life and attacking him. So that was I never had one, but that was a um, interesting <laughs> interesting to see. You will always hear me around the house wax poetic about the the diecast metal Voltron that you could put together and murder someone with if you beat them with it. <laughs> oh my god because everything like, past have... plastic now but that voltron had some serious like heft to it yeah it did i i did not have that one i did feel one though i think a friend of mine had it i got the like the later ones where it was uh it was like all plastic i think they re-released the diecast metal one once in the 90s i feel like well, that's like those old school um, LGN uh, WWF figures. Mm-hmm. Like those are like heavy rubber. And yeah. If you had like the King Kong Bundy one, you could basically like you could use it to bludgeon someone to death practically. <laughs> Man, you know, I look back on that and everything's like so safe and childproof now. Like we had some dangerous toys and our toys were safer than our parents. Like I don't know how our parents survived some of like the shit they had. Like they used to give us like 
the easy bake ovens and stuff where we could just set shit on fire or like the chemistry sets you could get. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm, oh my god, I've got I've got to do. Go ahead, Matt, but I got a thing I got to do. I'm I'm gonna date myself with this and kind of like indicate how old I am, but I remember I'm old enough that back in the day when I was a kid, they had uh, they had jarts. Remember those? Yes. Those yeah. lawn darts, and it's like this was basically a javelin. And the game, the, the important of it, like the the whole point of the game was to throw these like rings down on the ground, and then toss this projectile weapon up into the air to come hurtling down in theory into like you know go into the rings. But it's like this is a weapon. Yeah, you gave us yeah. a weapon to play with. And All right, I, I'm pretty sure I'm Wait. pretty sure like everyone had that kid in the neighborhood that got one thrown in their back. So. Yeah, or they right. threw a, a, a foot. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I've got to do the thing now. The um, <clears throat> there was around the time of things like long darts. There's a Saturday Night Live sketch from the early Saturday Night Live, where you had uh, Dan Aykroyd. He was in the courtroom. And they said they're suing his toy company for dangerous toys from the makers of long darts and things like that. And they're like, "Sir, the uh, you're being sued because they say that you you market unsafe toys." No, that's not true at all. It's like. Well, then how do you explain a toy you have called Bag of Glass? Oh, yes, I remember this. He sets up this big plastic bag, and he goes, uh, yeah, this is something we sell. We call it uh, Bag of Glass. So, you know, kids wander around in town, and they pick up pieces of glass off the ground anyway to play with. So we just thought we'd gather it all in one place, and uh, here we go, Bag of Glass. Saves time. You know, it's that that's the thing. Bag uh, of Glass is the way I think about <laughs> unsafe old toys. I miss when I miss... I miss when Saturday Night Live was funny. Oh man, it's just he—he he has Dan Aykroyd has probably my favorite line of all time from Saturday Night Live, which is "Jane, you ignorant slut." <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's been some golden ages, um, you know, because you had that in the original run. And you had the you had like two eras in the early and then the late nineties that were really sp- special, and then it, then it's not, not. It went off the air and hasn't existed for fifteen years. It's yeah, it's kind of sad. But anyway, so um, so we're not talking about bag of glass. Yeah. You know, we're going back to the the uh, the uh, the video games there. So um, it sounds like we were all pretty atari uh, there's just uh, something fam- sexy about the wood grain atari 2600 and i've never i i have a 7800 in my basement and my dad got me one but it is the all black one and i was sad because i want the wood grain one because there's just that's what my dad had and it just they look so awesome yeah i had a uh i had the um the black 78 but okay i'm gonna throw a curveball at you because this ended up in my house before the nes did i had a commodore 128 and a huge box of game discs to play well i have a commodore 64 mini that i got last year that i absolutely love yeah so many playing games like lazy jones and space taxi and BG Air Rally and other names that no one is going to recognize, but my brother and I, we remember. 
What I just think meant? what's hilarious about that era is no one had legitimate copies of anything. Like you just had oh, like no. a bunch, bunch of stolen shit. You and, just had a bunch of discs with it written across the front in black Sharpie. Actually, my favorite of old PC games is um, Battle Chess. Dude, Battle Chess. That was that was remarkable for its time, wasn't it? Yeah, and and I I love them now, but I didn't play them at the time, and I would have been lost. But oh, old Ultima games are just the best. There was my cousin had one of those. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, probably three, if I was going to guess. But what he discovered is every town had one guard who was invincible, so you could never kill all the town guard there. And then you had, in one town, there was a woman who you'd go to talk to her, and she would shout, beat me, kick me, tell me lies. And then if you did, the guards would show up. (laughs) So that's the odd recollection I have, because I never really played it. He was just like, check this out. I'm like, wow, that's uh, that's weird. I I did not have I asked my dad because I wondered we had an IBM like in the very early nineties like ninety one ish mm-hmm. with I think um a really early Windows game okay I mean, really not game sorry really early version of Windows mm-hmm. but um I never had a Commodore and I remember school had Apple twos yeah hmm yeah. So you could go on the Oregon Trail and die, in dis- die of dysentery. Yes. And I remember, oh, what year was that? 94, 95, we got a CD-ROM, which was like, like at that time with PC gaming, that was like the holy Huge. grail because that opened like, that opened the then, whole world. Then you could play full motion video games like Ripper or uh, Phantasmagoria. You oh, know, I remember those. Or, uh, or Warcraft 2, which probably ruined yeah. my summer that first year. <laughs> now, I want to I, I wanna take us back over to a point, because, gentlemen, this is a wrestling podcast. What was your first wrestling game that you played? Wrestling video game. I would say WrestleMania Challenge for the NES. Okay. That one had Ultimate Warrior on the cover. I think that came out in, like, 1990. Okay. And um, with the WrestleMania games, and I think most of the WWF ones at the time, if you went through, like, career mode or, you know, the game, like, you had a generic kind yeah, of... Yeah, you cut out real bad there for a minute. Oh. if When you did, like, the WWF, like, WrestleMania games, you had, like, a generic guy that you would go against, like, the stars of the WWF. Okay. And, um... Uh... Okay. That was the first one I really played. Which one was that one? WrestleMania Challenge. It was the second. Is it the Steel Cage Challenge? No, that this one was. This one had Ultimate Warrior on it, and I think it was after the crappy WrestleMania, but before um, Steel Cage Challenge. Huh. Because there was there was the one with Bam Bam Bigelow in it. That was the first WrestleMania, I think. Okay. Showed up in a later one. Uh, that one, again, my neighbor's uh, grandson had that one because he eventually got the the NES and he did like let me play it with him one time. 
so that was kind of, I guess, my first one. That one was but awful I, because, like, didn't, like, things, like, come into the ring that you had to, like, collect to, like, power up or something? Yeah, oh. it, was, it was bad. Um, but I do remember WrestleMania's Steel Cage Challenge, which had, like, Undertaker and it had IRS in it. I think it had Roddy Piper. Yeah, I think I remember that. And it had the Mountie. Yeah. And what I liked about those is they did little, like, chiptune versions of their their music. But I, like, rented it. I think I rented it, like, a few times. Oh, yeah. Guys, I'm sorry. I know, like, Zelda, I probably could have bought that game at some point for how many times I rented it. (laughs) Okay, I've got to jump in here because you guys are missing a very important game. You are missing pro wrestling for the NES. You might recognize the music in our social media bumper from pro wrestling for the NES. I played the fire out of pro wrestling for the NES. <laughs> I've never that beaten was... it, sadly. Um, I can't beat the great Puma. You know, yeah, I actually God. did play that game. Yes. Is that the one with... That's the one with, like, Starman, the Amazon. Yeah. Yep. Star- and Starman had a move where you could hurt yourself doing it. Yeah. If you did his flying cross chop, but you didn't connect, then you crashed out. Yeah, this, you- uh, this game actually is a very... I mean, it's different, but it's a very, very early precursor to the grappling system you get in the Aki engine. Uh, I think it's more like Fire Pro. Because, um, you know, the lockup would happen, and then you'd be like, oh, lock up! And then you'd be, like, hammering for your, uh, for your inputs. Now, I have the list of guys in front of me, and I think I know who each one of them was inspired by, I think. Um, Because Fighter Hayabusa was in the game, and I think that's supposed to be Inoki. Yeah, I think so. And Giant Panther's in the game, and I think that's supposed to be Hogan. I think so. But he uses the claw like the Von Erichs. Which was so funny, because you're just playing this game, and then all of a sudden, one of his moves is he grabs the other guy by the face and shakes him around, and you're like, wait, what? What's that? And then um, you had uh, King Corn Karn, whose special moves were his basic attacks, but you could spam his kick and just do it repeatedly, where everybody else had this weird, like, stand in place, turn around, then do a jump back kick. Um, but King Corn Karn's jumping chop could knock someone down as opposed to a punch that just it would hit but not do much. Um, you had King Slender, who I think was supposed to be Ric Flair. I don't remember what, what King Splendor looks like, unfortunately. Uh, he's, he's pale with long blonde hair. Okay, that's probably fine. Yeah. And then you had Starman, who I, I've been told that was supposed to be Mil Moscaris. Eh, or Mil Mascaris. I'm not sure on that, but... Yeah, I'm not sure either, because I don't think Mil Mascaris ever did a, uh, drop salt. But that's one of Starman's moves. And then you had the Amazon. And I don't have any idea who the Amazon was supposed to be modeled after. I just know that he'd bite you in the head. 
Uh, he was probably like an amalgamation of, of people, like probably like a little bit of Kamala. No, he's probably um Abby. That would mm. be because he was big in Japan at the time. Maybe a mix of Abdullah the Butcher and Bruiser Brody. And green, because the Amazon was green. And a guy for being an Amazon, but you know whatever. Uh, did, uh, did you guys ever play Tecmo World Wrestling? Yes, that was NES? actually pretty good too. No, I did. That one was pretty good. I I never really could get that far in it, but I actually thought that was kind of innovative. It was there was some complexity to it that was harder as a kid for some reason though. Yeah. Because it was technical, uh, and they were, so it like was trying. There's some simulation aspects to it that I thought were interesting. Yeah, and they were um, they were also they also kind of modeled their characters after some real wrestlers. Yeah, like they had a uh, El Tigre, who's clearly like an analog for uh, Tiger Mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they had a Akira Dragon, who was clearly supposed to be Anoki. Mm-hmm. And then there was also, there was a WCW game for NES that wasn't terrible either, that has the Road Warriors on the cover. Wait, 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 wait. There I was? don't feel like I ever played that one. Yeah, yeah there no. was. Like a 90, 91, maybe, yeah. I think? because they also did a Game Boy game. Oh, did they? Yeah. Wow, no, I never played that. Um, huh. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a curveball because I'm gonna leave the home consoles for a second. Uh, it's 1989, so playable characters in the game are Ric Flair, Sting, Lex Luger, Mike Rotunda, the Road Warriors, Steve Williams, Kevin Sullivan, Rick Rick Steamboat, Rick Steiner, Eddie Gilbert, and Michael Hayes. What an interesting mix. Man, they huh. could have had Great Muda in there, and they totally didn't. Lame. <laughs> Okay, you guys are going to have to tell me if you remember, but there was an arcade cabinet at my uh, local Walmart. I don't mean to brag, but it was quite the location for arcade cabinets that had, uh, it was the WWF tag team game. Uh, Whichever one that was where you would... Was that WWF WrestleFest? Yes, I think so. Yes, yeah, so that they had that. The only time I ever played that, they had it uh, at a bowling alley that was only like a mile from my house. Maybe not okay. even a mile. And I didn't. We didn't go bowling that often, but whenever we did, like I would absolutely like beg to play that game because it was so cool. That was actually also done by Tecmo. Okay, I think. Uh, Actually, maybe not. It might have been Capcom. No, that's probably wrong. I don't, I don't think uh, that's... Looking it up, it was released by Technos. Okay. Was apparently... Apparently that was a, an older company, which... Yeah. Doesn't okay. really... It, uh, it was distributed by Tecmo. Okay. All right. In, in, Europe, oh, in Europe and uh, some places, but hmm, not, in, not apparently in America... Uh, regardless, though, it had kind of like it had like cartoonish kind of graphics, but yeah, they're it was super like, bright colors. But they were really, really good for the time. Yeah, this came out in like '91, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was awesome because it had kind of like a current 
uh, roster at the time. So you could play Legion as Doom. You could play as Demolition. Yeah. Um, they had yeah. Earthquake in there, Jake the Snake Roberts, and it was awesome. You uh, you had uh, DiBiase, uh, mm-hmm. Big Boss Man, Slaughter, Honky Tonk. Um, was Honky Tonk in it? Yeah, Honky Tonk was in it. Uh, oh, hey, I found a list. Hogan, Warrior, DiBiase, Boss Man, uh, Jake the Snake, Earthquake, Mr. Perfect, Slaughter, Demolition, and then the non-selectable boss tag team was the Legion of Doom. Hmm. You know, I always we- liked... Um- I always was in for those games that had some novelty characters that you didn't get to play in other games very much. So I think Demolition, this might be one of the few games they actually were in. The the thing that, that bugged me about WrestleFest, because I, I, I liked playing it, or I wanted to like playing it, but I never could figure out how to actually do it. Um... The the apparently, and I'm going I'm going from a great source. I'm going from the Wikipedia article. Um, example: DiBiase may respond to the punch button during a grapple by performing a backbreaker, pile driver, suplex, or the million dollar dream finisher. The move he performs varies or depends partially on a CPU variety sequence and the energy level of the opponent. So you didn't decide what moves you got to do. You just got to decide if you did a move or not. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, I think wrestling games were kind of a real hit or miss until we hit the PlayStation era. Well, now, I... Well, yeah, there were some hits because and remember, misses. Remember, like, in the mid-90s before we started to get into that those Aki Engine games where, like, you were having to do fighting like game combos to do moves. Yeah, oh, I, I hated that. And I absolutely hated. Like, like, do you remember the video that was produced to go with the one WWF game, where they would have the guys tell you the combos in order to do their special moves? I think so. I remember. I remember those weird games like the Raws War or. Um, in your house games where like Undertaker would like use like a two like an actual tombstone for his special move. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So the video like they had the a making of video that had Bret Hart doing stuff making the game except he was in full gear. And then they had the video where they had guys giving you tips on how to play. And it was I, the one that sticks out to me is Paul Bearer shouts, you know, I don't like giving out secrets about my Undertaker, but here's one he's chosen to share. He says, if you want to perform my special move, the Demon Dizzy, press down, down forward, forward, and strong punch. <laughs> I remember on those terrible Thunder games for WCW, like... If you did the character select screen, they would like cut a promo really quick. And Raven would be like, I don't care if you pick me, like pick someone else. <laughs> so one of the, I, I want to one Super NES wrestling game that did come up that I really enjoyed was Saturday Night Slam Masters. I was about to mention that one because that was that was <clears throat> like made up people. But it was like it was kind of a little more fighting game ish, but I thought it worked pretty well. It was uh, of the the Super NES wrestling games. 
it was like the most um, wrestling of them, I thought. And you got to play a wrestling game with Mike Hager in it. Oh, that's why I was thinking oh, that. Oh, yeah. Because I was going to yes. say that felt very Final Fight, which I liked at the time, and I forgot he's actually in it. Yes, Mike Macho Hager makes an appearance in Saturday Night Slam Masters. And that is a Capcom that, game. Yes. That is a Capcom game, and I feel... hasn't Haven't some of those characters uh, made appearances in other... Capcom games? I feel like I, they have. I don't know. Um, hmm. But I do remember playing that and enjoying it quite a bit. Let's see. Uh, Aleski Zalazov. Um, Mike Hager he is the only up. one with the wiki entry. Hang on just a second. Because. Okay, Alexi Zalazov was a friend of Zangief. So that establishes that Zangief and Mike Hager had a connection. Um, they Lucky missed, Colt. They missed their mark. Zangief should have been in this because he was a wrestler. Yes, he should have. Because you could do that. Yeah. You could do that spinning. You could do that like um, spinning pile driver on people, which was awesome. Didn't mm-hmm. Hager do the spinning pile driver? Or maybe it was uh, Aleski Zalazov that did it. I haven't played this game in so long. I don't even remember. Right. It had been a while, but um, yeah, you had that. You had Lucky Colt, Mysterious Budo, Titan the Great, El Stinger, um, Titanic Tim, Titanic Tim, and Titan the Great. Those were the same guy. Uh, King oh, Rostamon. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Yeah, King, King Rostamon. Rostamon. I remember King Rostamon. <laughs> Jumbo Flapjack, Alexander the Greater. I wonder if Jumbo Flapjack was Scott Norton before he caught on. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Do you remember? Did you ever see his like late AWA run where he was Scott Flapjack Norton teaming up with Nord the Barbarian as like a lumberjack tag team? No. Yes, it's it's as it's as, it is as awful as you think it is. It it sounds like it, although. Scott Norton is somebody I wish I could have gotten to see more of. He just—I know we talked about it before, but that—that—that that, that guy right there, I totally believed. You know what he, what he stood about six feet or so, but I totally believe he would just mow through people. He said to be one of the nicest guys like around too. That's what mm-hmm. I've heard. I, I, I follow him. On, I check on his Twitter every now and then, and that kind of seems to shine through. Here's a here's a random one for you guys. Like, it didn't get much penetration in the American market, but if you recall, like the Neo Geo, that that game system. Do you remember Three Count Doubt? No. What? What? Um... Uh-uh. That they that was actually done by SNK, so the same company that went on to do like the King of Fighter games. Um, they made this like wrestling game. I think it was more like a fighter, like a fighting game. Oh, I'm looking at it else. right now. Uh, and I don't even know if it came out in the United States, but uh, I remember I remember seeing like images of it in like game. Uh, what was the magazine back in the day? You had so you, Game Pro. You had Game Pro. You had Electronic Gaming Monthly, 
And then mm-hmm. there was like Game Fan, I think that there was one that I really liked because it had more like stuff in Japan and like it had like imports like in the back that you could like buy and stuff. But I, don't, I think that was mm-hmm. Game Fan. Mm-hmm. There's actually another SNK one that's not necessarily wrestling, but it has all of the entrapments of it, which is um, King of the Monsters. King of the Monsters. Wow, because, like, I didn't you, expect to hear that. Because, well, think about think about it, though. You had a grappling system. You're trying to yep. pin the guy, and, like, you could throw them into the ropes, which was just, like, the electrified boundaries of the stage. Yep, so that, I that remember now. So that is theoretically a wrestling game, and a good one, actually. It just so happens to be a kaiju wrestling game. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's a uh, that's that's not words you typically hear together. I would. There was a time um, I've gotten away from it because I don't like the I don't like the um, the what are they now the the two K WWE games. Yeah, I don't really like those games because there's just something about them that does not sit well with me. I think that. I think it's the system because those kind of evolved out of the SmackDown games from the PlayStation era, which always felt a little off to me. The SmackDown games from the PlayStation era, I I liked. Um, but what's happened is they've gone through and made everything more complicated than them. And so I am really frustrated in the... Uh, really frustrated in in any of those games, looking at it and being like, "Man, this 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 is really annoying." Because this is, I remember the 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 four corner or the um, the the SmackDown games being a lot of fun. Yeah, I think here were. comes the pain was the big one for me. I think where where I struggle now is like I try and play them and I'm like I don't even know how to pin someone because it's not like it's not intuitive. Mm-hmm. But I, there was a time, like, probably until my early 20s, where I would say, like, anything, like, video game wrestling related, like, I probably owned. Even, like, I mean, and it was a lot of crap, but I just, anything wrestling-wise, any system that I owned, I was down for. But I was, like, a total fanatic for wrestling at the time. Yeah, WCW Mayhem had an awful system. Um... It also featured Sarge, who worked as a trainer at the power plant. Uh, there was just so much wrong with that. Oh, that game was awful. Yeah. Because, like, there wasn't a ring, wasn't there? Sometimes. No, you're thinking of, like, Backstage Assault. No, remember that one? Okay, so the, that was the one where you could just go backstage, oh. and you never, like, actually fought in the ring because that was boring. Yeah. Oh, Mayhem was terrible. That was, uh, that era, which is like the late 90s, that was a really weird period of time where it's like the graphics were still pretty, really bad and pixelated. Yeah. But they were trying to improve them, and then you got weird. I I can't even call it like motion capture, but they would basically take people's real faces and try to like map that onto (laughs) the, the model of the 
the yeah. wrestling character. It looked like a sticker and, they just slapped on the front of the head. Yeah, it really would just like take you completely out of the game, in my opinion, because it just it was like you started uh, edging into like uncanny valley territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's why the one thing that I think the Thunder Games did right is they really they really smooth those polygons out, and that those games tend to look a little better. Mm. But they did some trickery there. I also want to talk about because um, it was they were terrible games, but I thought an interesting concept that kind of um, foretold where wrestling was going. But the Legends of Wrestling games. Mm. I think I had the first one of those. Like the so if you don't know what those were, this was kind of like the WWF had kind of taken over the landscape. So this I think it was a claim took a bunch of like the unsigned wrestlers and put them in video games. And I think that culminated with the third one, which was like Sting and the Ultimate Warrior in it. Um and I think Savage might have ended up in one of them. Like Hogan was in one or two and it the first one I know was like early two thousands. <laughs> um and nowadays they could never do that because it, it a lot of those guys have legends like, legends contract. Yeah. Yeah, but this was like before then. So you had like a bunch of older wrestlers. Like I think they even had like they had like Terry Funk in it. Um they had like older stuff. They had, I think they had I think they had like Georgie Animal Steel, stuff like I think that. Was but they also had yeah, he was, and they also, but they also had some. They, they would always have like a couple kind of like current people. Like I know the first one had uh, had RVD in it. I totally had one of these games. The thing I, I liked about those is that I actually felt like the um, I felt like the mechanics of it were kind of crappy, but they they had an interesting roster. They did because they had like a bunch of old like old guys in it. Uh, but then they all they they did it in a very like cartoonish type of style. Everyone was like bloated because <laughs> they were all yeah. like like oh, made of okay. But I okay. liked it. That was, was kind of fun. I think I know what you're talking about now. But that was that wasn't my wasn't much my my speed on those. They, they um, had like one of those like you had to like get the 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 thing like exactly like. The cursor, like it would do the, you know, like those, the, 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 um, gauges, like you'd have to hit it just right. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. I'm looking at, let's see. Well, uh, well, this, this, the final game has Ultimate Warrior, Randy Savage, Sting, Jake Roberts, Andre, and Hulk Hogan on the cover. I'm going to pull another one, see if you guys remember. I think this, well, this might have been PlayStation. Around the time when uh, AKITHQ was was getting into the game, um, I think it was Acclaim released a couple of WWF games with like really limited creative character things, and you had the announcer voices. That had like four lines each that got repeated. Oh God! Yeah, I remember those days. Yeah. Oh, we still have those days, kind of. Yeah, they just real um, now. <laughs> Let me see if I can I can find this real quick because it was a 
Was it was it War Raw War uh, WWF Warzone? Those were like the. Let's see. Those were the um, attitude. Attitude, I think, is like it still had those crappy fighting game controls, but that's where you started. Yeah. Get, like entrances with like the actual music. Yeah, that was Warzone, and then Attitude came after it. And I remember Warzone's like you because it would have the stage, and your guy would walk on stage, and there'd be a spray of sparks and then the announcers would say they're canned lines for your guy except no crowd and nothing on the screen going those were black and the crowd would yell stuff so like i remember i played one of those edge and like every five seconds you'd hear some idiot in the crowd you're like i have a creature of the night yeah because that was during the brood era yeah and you'd play as gang girl just because the music was like awesome yeah Oh, there's no question about that. Um, let's see. Um, what was the... Yeah, I think Attitude was the follow... Yeah, Attitude was the follow-up to that. PlayStation and N64. And it was... It was bad. Um, I, know, I know when... Um, I know when WCW versus NWO World Tour, which is the first one, mm-hmm. there was probably... A solid six months where every Friday night I was at my friend's house and we were four-player battle roiling. Oh, yeah. Hours on end with that game. Like, that was probably, like, the go-to one until GoldenEye really, like, hit. Yeah. Yeah, well, oddly, well, my brother and I would play GoldenEye together until we made each other so mad we had to do something else i remember but, um there were some staying over at my friend's house and it was five in the morning and we were still golden eyeing <laughs> i know that game probably sucks ass now but that that game at the time was absolutely revolutionary golden yes, eye yeah yes oh yeah and and the one thing we would do when we felt like just being sadistic assholes is doing the the motion mines in the caves where you couldn't see where you're going to begin with. Oh, and then the proximity mines. Yeah, and then we'd give up because the score would be like minus five to like minus three because we would just blow each other up by mistake. Um, the the one that got me, and, and check this out, my brother hated if there were uh, mines if we were playing a, a, a weapon set that had the mines in it, because I'd go by and I'd pick up ammo boxes and I'd throw down a mine on the spot where the ammo box would spawn in. And, uh, well, you know what I would do with the proximity mines and it would bite me in the ass sometimes is that level where you might respawn in the duck system and come down into the bathroom. Yeah. If we got proximity mines. I just chuck one up there just in case someone spawned up there. They die like instantly. Yeah, the um, what was it? There was there was another one I can't remember. Give me just a second. Um, there was uh, the one of the stages. It was an interior stage, lots of rooms, but it had ramps, and I'd throw the mines on the bottom of the ramps and the walkways oh, and stuff. Oh, you're a bastard. Ah. Uh- <laughs> or the other one, yeah. the other one that we always thought was hilarious was doing slappers only. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys, we're gonna be we're gonna play Temple. We're doing slaps only, and if any of you all picks odd job, you have to go home. Right. Well, that that because people get so mad because you would you'd pick odd job and then you'd crouch down. 
Yep. And you'd be like hard as hell to hit. Yep. So uh, I pulled. Let me see. I pulled the uh, the WCW NWO World Tour wiki. Um, it had the league challenges on it, which I'd almost forgotten about. You you'd have to defeat everybody in each promotion. So if you beat WCW, you got DDP. If you beat the DOA promotion, which I guess was supposed to be um, FMW. Yeah, it was Hayabusa in that one. I think so. Yeah, that would. So be that FMW. would make it FMW. Yeah. You got Wrath. Yeah, I remember that. If you beat the NWO, you got Savage, and then um, there was—I uh, never got this—but there was supposed to be a. Um, there was after you did all of them. My in the one I played, you got a match against Black Widow, who was the only woman character in the game. I remember her. The wiki claim the wiki claims that there was a guy named Joe Bruiser who was supposed to be modeled after Muhammad Ali, but I don't remember that at all. I think I remember that. I remember there being a boxy guy. Okay, maybe I maybe I just didn't fight him enough to remember him because I don't think you could pick him. And then you had the I for years I had the WCW NWO Revenge poster hanging in my bedroom because it came with the game. <laughs> and Raven was on it because the Raven was the the uh the the programmer's favorite guy. He didn't want to be on there but they're like no you're a favorite you got to be on there and he's like fine. I like those games too cuz you could pull foreign objects out of the crowd. Yep. You had a good variety. You never knew what you were going to get. Like you might get ring steps, you might get um a stop sign. Might get a bat. Yeah. Might get a chair. And it was always interesting when you'd end up like one of you had like you both had bats and you're just kind of like doing this standoff. Yep. Or you could do like that running charge and just completely like clock someone with it. Yeah, cuz they they hadn't introduced the mechanic where you could throw it. Yeah. And I so, liked when you'd bust someone open because they'd kind of, like, stagger. And they'd, like, touch their forehead and look at it. Yeah. And there'd be the scream. Yeah. I remember. There's, oh, I mean, all the wasted time we, on those games. <laughs> <laughs> and then that parlayed into WrestleMania 2000 and No Mercy, which were also both excellent. And then... Things just kind of blew up. Well, there was actually it. a precursor to, to World Tour, and Matt and I have talked about it on the show before, but WCW versus the World on PlayStation. Yeah, okay. Was, Which, that game that game I owned, yeah, it was and I played too. it quite a bit. I played the shit out of that, because you had, like, Liger in that one, and Tenzon, I remember. Yeah, you had them. You had, you had like, all the great ones. You, you had Kenta Kabashi, uh... You had Kawada. You even had like Bruiser Brody in it. Yeah. You had like Shinya Hashimoto. You had Chono. They even had like a Stan Hansen in there. A great Sasuke. Like they had a ton of guys. Like all the like the big guys in, in New, uh, really in Japan, like New Japan, All Japan. Like they were in that game. Yeah. It, yeah. it was really good. They, they just didn't use their names. They used like gave them like weird names, but you, it was clear who they were. Yeah, because Liger right. was the unknown. 
Yeah, uh, that's that's on the wiki here. Is they renamed a bunch of guys because they didn't have the. That's what um Fire Pro did for the longest time, just because they didn't have the license. They just mm. like on Fire Pro, they'd have a weird color palette, but usually you just hit a button and you could get the proper color palette. Oh yeah, yeah, you could rotate through the uh, through the ring gear. Yeah, because there's, I mean, like Matt knows from the GBA, but like those Fire Pro games had like everyone. Oh yeah, they did. Oh man, so so that's wow. I mean, at some point, I may dig my stuff out and see if I can. I don't know. Maybe get a. Uh, maybe get like a template for some of the creative guys I did or something like that. But uh, it's a shame there's not an export feature. But who would have thought on an N sixty four, right? Who was like your? Who was like back in the day between all of those? Like who was your go-to guy? Like on most games. Oh, I would say Sting was probably mine, or Rey Mysterio on the um. The, when you got to the later WCW stuff. For um, Revenge, it was it was probably Sting and DDP. Oh man! Um, but for World Tour, it was um, Sumo Joe, who I didn't know for years was Generico Tenryu. <laughs> no idea. I have to say, also, what I loved about those <laughs> games as they progressed is when they actually brought the title belts into it, and if you did stuff right, like your guy would actually wear the title belt, which incentivized you to keep playing so you could put the belt on different guys. Yeah. And they walk out with it either around their waist or over their shoulder. Yeah. Yep. So what about you, Matt? Who would be your go-to guy? Uh, it probably would be Sting. <laughs> yep. I think I also use, like, Dean Malenko and a lot, too. Yeah. Because he's pretty good about uh, technical stuff. He had the, the running calf uh, drop kick as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which... It, it it you you would go for that, and even if you didn't hit it, it the animation had him getting back up to his feet, so he mm-hmm. didn't like hit the mat and stay there. So it was a it was there there was there was a good reason to be playing as as uh, Stinko Malenko. <laughs> well, guys, I I have I, to say there was a point where, like I said, I was all about wrestling games. Um, and it's not, it's not like a, another one, but I just want to mention it before we go tonight, which we're getting ready to do. But um, yeah. EWR, which is a booking sim. Oh, wow. And its predecessors of also Promotion Wars and um, TNA. Oh, you guys there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah EWR. Sorry, I, I totally, like, dropped out for oh. a second. I was going to say, yeah. like, the booking sims, like EWR, Promotion Wars, and this is going to be a real blast from the past, but TNM7. TNM, I was in an EFED for years that operated off of TNN7. It was NAOW, New Age Outsider Wrestling, for years that used the TNM7 sim. It's still uh, around, actually. I mean... There was another sim before that that I can't remember the name of. Uh, there was the Zeus one that a lot of yes. people had used. That one sucked, yes. though. Yeah, it, it did. It didn't really 
it didn't really have any rhyme or reason to it. It like but... word it word like it would word like diarrhea the matches and you'd usually like finish it with something that wasn't your finisher even if you like inputted stuff correctly. Yeah. I, I used that once for an EFED I ran and it was really hard to get that to put out. Right. Like what you wanted it to do. Yeah, I remember the um Yeah, TNM seven, man. There was also wow. the precursor to EWR, but I think that was Extreme Warfare Deluxe, but that was more like Dossy. And that had like real limitations, like the characters were static and you had to like, I, it, that one wasn't as good, but it led to EWR, which was amazing. Yeah. I spent a lot of time on EWR. I was never any good at it, but I spent a lot of time on it. Um. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I remember. Did you have any experience with the booking sims, Matt? Uh, I played Extreme Warfare Revenge. I think everyone did, like, that was in yeah. for a while. That was pretty much, like, the extent of it. Uh, I've debated, like, downloading that, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't really have a whole lot of time. I wish it would... I wish, actually, we had something like that just for, like, my phone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. I would play that, yeah. like, a bunch. Because you, yeah. like, you have, like, the 80s Mania games, but that doesn't quite scratch that itch entirely, but those are fun. Yeah, I do have those. And they're actually putting out uh, a new one of those, I think, later this year. Yeah. Although it's not going to be based on... It's supposed to be, like, almost like an intergalactic type of thing. Yeah. They're, they're throwing like, a science fiction element to it, but um, I think it's... It, there's going to be, much like the 80s uh, games are there's going to be kind of like clear analogs because I think the first character they announced, it's going to be someone who's clearly supposed to be Thanos. So yeah, <laughs> but, there's some cool stuff. There. Um, they've, they've added more elements to that. So it's gotten a little closer to what I want out of like a booking sim on mm-hmm. my phone. But I agree with you. I would, I would probably never look up if I had like a true booking sim on my phone. <laughs> Because like I, I do the I I do the total extreme warfares, which are like the pay versions of that, but that is tough because those are so minutely detailed. Like you could spend you could literally spend hours on those shows. Yeah. Like getting mm-hmm. everything just so and like your identity of the promotion really does affect how you need to book or your fans will like crap all over it. Uh-huh. Like it is ingenious and it is great. But sometimes, like, it's just too much to, like, manage for me. But, yeah, that's, um, that's my, my story with video games in general, and especially wrestling ones, which I think we can all agree we love them, so. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good place to, to call it quits, so. Um, hey, what did you all play? Where was your first console or what is the first thing you played or what was the first wrestling game you played hit us up on social media we would love to hear from you um this is shad here with matt and brad we've been three quarters you're in the fourth and we'll see you next time